This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Uh, hello. How are you? Yes, I am fantastic. Welcome to the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Fantastic to be here. It was a nice vacation, but it's good to be back with you. I mean that. 888-900-3393 is the phone number if you want to participate. And there's plenty going on on the Blaze Radio Network today. Michael Pelka following this broadcast. Along with Kane and Cup, Chris Salcedo, Mike Slater, Joe Pags. You don't need to go anywhere. Stay right here on the Blaze Radio Network. Well, I mean, we have got... I, you know, you hear it all the time from shows, but we've got so much to get to today and a short time to get there. Uh, just some of the top headlines that, you know, I mean, we have to touch on some of the top ones, don't we? I mean, we've, we'll get maybe to a little Ebola, maybe to the border. I mean, all that's an issue. I know. Yeah, you know, the unrest, local unrest throughout different cities in the U.S., I know. It's a big problem. You've got the two beheadings. Is it ISIL? Is it ISIS? As it is, seems to be the question bearing heavy on many people's minds. I don't know that it matters. Um, the president in Wales, for the first time since you know who knows, a couple thousand, couple million years, he's having fun. He's wandering around looking at Stonehenge, thinking it's really cool. Yeah, it is. It is, Prez. It's real cool. It's Stonehenge. Glad you get to see it. Where's the family? Oh, wait. We didn't bring them. Uh, and, of course, yesterday the press conference was agonizing in Wales. Um, he kept going back to, uh, well, this is what you have to do, structured, telling us the plan and what he's doing. Um, uh-huh. But it wasn't too long ago you told us. Literally right out of a meeting with the Pentagon, um, we really don't have a plan. And then he realized after the advisor said, um, Barack, that was stupid. I don't know that anybody's ever told him that, but I doubt it. But they may have said, um, Mr. President, um, that really wasn't um, the brightest thing to do um, because now it looks like we don't have any plan at all. When really we kind of have a plan, but we really shouldn't be telling people our plan. So today, yesterday was his way of saying that we actually do have a plan, which we don't. His plan is to get a coalition of other countries because he's not going to do it alone. No way. No way does he do it alone. Not a chance. But, Jeff, we're the United States of America. I know that. That's why we're not doing it alone. No way he takes credit or takes the heat no way does he do that alone he wants to be able to say look it was a coalition it went wrong or this was a great thing i thought of getting all these countries together so just unbelievably agonizing and 
we also uh, see what's happening in the Middle East since we left, since he pulled out all our troops. I realize that we didn't have our uh, uh, our papers to keep our people there because it, he can once again he can blame it on you know I tried to keep some there we're not going to keep a lot there I tried to keep our troops there but they said no uh huh because you kept going down the numbers we've been over this you know that but what I found fascinating is uh, they found a clip and I, I won't I promise this I won't play. Any more uh, John Kerry today? Well, no, I won't play it. And I promise that I won't play. I promise. Cross my heart. Hope to die. Stick a needle in my eye. That I won't play any Barack Obama clips. But I will play. Just one time. Just so you get an idea. If you haven't heard George W. Bush from 2007 telling you telling us, the American people, what would happen if we pulled completely out of Iraq. I know some in Washington would like us to start leaving Iraq now. Sorry, Iraq. To begin withdrawing before our commanders tell us we're ready would be dangerous for Iraq, for the region, and for the United States. It would mean surrendering the future of uh, of Iraq to al-Qaeda. It would mean that we'd be risking mass killings on a horrific scale. It would mean we allow the terrorists to establish a safe haven in Iraq to replace the one they lost in Afghanistan. It would mean increasing the probability that American troops would have to return at some later date to confront an enemy that is even more dangerous. Wow. I wonder if we look back exactly what's going on. Oh, oh, oh my gosh, that is exactly what's going on. Seems really prolific right now, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Unbelievable. We find out yesterday that uh, we have more missing emails. Right? Oh my gosh, no, we're missing emails from uh, you know just those just Ohio those people that we wanted to talk to and find out what they were talking about in Ohio for the IRS. I, you know, those are missing too. But you know, if we can find them, if we can find a way to get them to you, we we will. You guys, you know, you guys can. Keep looking around for Lois's emails, and then we'll try to get you these emails from the Ohio workers and find out what's going on. Right now, we got nothing for you. <laughs> Man, I wish we did. Whew, boy, do I wish we could help you out on that, but whew, darn the luck, we can't. We just can't. And then we find out yesterday that the president is getting hammered with immigration. Sign it. Let's go. Let's make it happen. And now there's now that you know we heard last week or two weeks ago that uh, it was done. He's not doing it till after the election. He's going to hold off because he knows, and trust me, he's not the only one that knows. Death, death to the Democrats in the election, which is probably going to happen anyway. But if he makes the immigration deal, aha, 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 because the uh, what I'm pretty sure the American people don't want it. He won't tell you that. He'll tell you they do, out of compassion. But just like a number of other things that he's worked on uh, in the course of his administration, uh, it doesn't matter to him what the American people want. He knows best. So I'm pretty sure they'll hold off, but we've got to, I mean, 
it's going to get ugly. This the border. Uh, we've already, you know, we've already, ISIS is in El Paso was the headline we saw earlier this week. Really? And then we saw, you know, whether it's real or not, and we saw uh, places on uh, the map of the United States where ISIS has been training in the U.S. And we, we talked about uh, the, the airliners missing. Oh, my gosh. There's 11 airliners missing. And then, no, you know what? No, they're not missing. They're just, they're just yeah, we, we didn't, didn't count right. Some have blown up. Some have been moved. We've hit them. We've moved them because of the war. We just, we, they're, not, they're not missing. Don't worry about it. They're not missing. And that, that, that Malaysian flight airline, don't, don't forget. Just forget about that because that's, that's in the middle of the ocean. We, we didn't find it. We didn't find it. And we don't know exactly what happened, but we're pretty sure that, that that's where it is. It's, a, it's right there. It's it's in the ocean. Don't worry about it. And we had talked about the ISIS fighters from all over the world, from different countries. And I know it doesn't sound like much. At least it doesn't to me. They made a big deal about you know a couple hundred people from this country and a hundred people from this country and a hundred people from the United States. I mean, a hundred people, three hundred million people, hundred people. You put a hundred people in a room, big deal. Let them go fight. Let them go over there. Goodbye. Don't let them back in. If you wanted to fight for ISIS, go ahead. You, weren't you fighting for ISIS? Yeah, no, you're not coming back in. Nah, that's okay. I'll let you back in. That's not going to happen, but that's what should happen. That's what should happen. No question about that. I mean, it's been a, it's been a long week. Anyway, I just, you know, let's let's relax. We don't need all of this stuff, do we? I mean, we don't we need to worry about that now. We do? All right. And don't, uh, oh my gosh. And today, day 159. Tamarisi in the Mexican jail. Tomorrow marks 160 days, unless he gets out today, which I pray he does. 160 days for making a wrong turn in Mexico. And I know all the stories. I read all the stories. Oh, he was running guns. It was horrible. Please. How's Stonehenge, Mr. President? Cool? Cool of you to be traveling the world looking at Stonehenge? Yeah. Well, you can do that because Tamarisi was fighting for you in the service. And yet he's not fighting now, is he? No. Because he made a wrong turn. And you just want to let the Mexican, we, we've got to let, we've got to let, uh, got to let the Mexican judicial system work its course. Uh, we believe in, in the judicial system. Do you? Do you really? Okay. Okay. Whatever you say. Now, also, also this weekend marks three months of me, I'm going to say attempting to not smoke because I haven't smoked in three months. I haven't smoked a live burning cigarette in three months. I have an electronic that I carry around. I hit that once in a while. That's not, you know, not even, it's just because I like to have something in my fingers to play with. You can quote me on that. Now, I see a study earlier this week that more than 8 in 10 homes forbid smoking. 8 in 10 U.S. homes forbid smoking. Really? I mean, I haven't smoked inside a building in uh, 100,000 years. It's been a long time. I remember going to a, uh, I remember going to a neighbor's house a long time ago. Uh-huh. You know, another lifetime ago. My oldest son was real little. He's in his 20s. 
I mean, he was real little. And uh, we went next door to a, a get-together. They invited us over. And they both smoked in their house. And so did we at the time. And we smoked. We, we kidded ourselves and said we smoked out on the back porch, you know, the veranda. It was Florida, so everybody has their sunroom. And uh, so we smoked out there. I was still in the house. And, uh, man, we went next door, and they opened up the door. And it was the first time we'd actually gone inside the house. We'd been, you know, friends, outside friends. And uh, they opened the door, and it was this wall of smoke just hitting you in the face. <laughs> and it just was permeated everything. And we got home. I remember <laughs> distinctly walking in our house and opening up the windows. And that was the last time we smoked inside the house. And that was, you know, okay, 20, 20 years ago. It's been a long time. And I didn't smoke inside. I mean, then, and that was about the time that buildings all no smoking, and you can't smoke here, and you can't smoke there, and no smoking here, and no smoking there. And you can go over, you can go to the leper colony and have a, have a cigarette if you'd like. That's the only place you can smoke. But you can buy them everywhere. <laughs> you can buy them everywhere because we love that tax money. You can't smoke them, though. You can't. You, no. No, not here. Not here. You have to go somewhere else, but not here. So, I mean, I get it. But it's been a long three months. And I'm telling you, I'm at about the time. I was just talking to someone. And it's been good. I mean, every, every time I really feel like uh, I want, uh, I'm going to have a cigarette. I'm going to break down. I don't care. I'm just going to buy a pack, smoke a cigarette. I need one. I get some kind of sign. And that sign, you know, tells me, shut up, that man. You're not going to smoke. Move on. Uh, you know, this over the vacation, I was all re- I was ready, man. <laughs> I really, really was ready. And I know those of you that don't smoke don't get it. So, you know, I apologize. But just I'm just trying to tell you that this is what some of your other friends who have who have tried to not smoke or are, or are, or are now not smoking. This is the struggle that you go through. Um, and it is a struggle. I was like, I was ready. I was like, I'm buying it. I'm, that's it. I'm going to smoke. And but before I smoke, I got I got to finish up this email. Yes, it was vacation, but I'm still doing a little bit of work. Don't, I mean, come on, you can't not work, right? And uh, the story pops up, poop, and it's talking about the TCU football coach. And we'll get into a little college football here in a little while. But it's about a story about the TCU football coach. The former TCU football coach, because it's opening weekend of college football last weekend, and TCU is right here in the Dallas Fort Worth area where I where I live, and he's talking about how he left and how he left TCU you know years ago and how the program has gotten better and yada 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 and how he's not going to make the trip to the game and he really wants to because it's homecoming for him but he can't because he's recuperating from cancer surgery from chewing too much tobacco. And how important it is that, you know, listen, there's no, there's never any time but, you know, easier than now to quit. And, you know, I should have done it a long time ago. And I thought, okay, okay, I get it. I get it. I won't smoke. Here we go. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show is on. 
888-900-3393. Welcome to it on the Blaze Radio Network. You can tweet me at Jeffy MRA or Facebook Jeff Fisher. I think it's Jeff Fisher, Jeffrey Fisher, whatever. Go to, you know, if you're on Facebook, you know what I'm talking about. Now, I I printed out something earlier this week that made me laugh. And it was <laughs> it was bad jokes. Bad jokes. And I thought, you know, everybody loves bad, stupid jokes, don't they? Really? So I think we're going to make today bad joke day. So coming out of these breaks, I'm going to give you two bad jokes. And you can take them with you. You can say them to the kids. You can say them at the water cooler. Save them. Put them in your back pocket. Save them for when you need them. And the subject will come up and you go, oh, that was, <laughs> I'm confused, one of Jeff's bad jokes. So here you go. All right. The first two bad jokes on Bad Joke Day, Jeff Fisher Show, Blaze Radio Network. Two antennas met on a roof, fell in love, and got married. The ceremony wasn't much, but the reception was excellent. Number two. A jumper cable walks into a bar. The bartender says, I'll serve you, but don't start anything. Yeah, that's the first two. Well, you're welcome, by the way. You are welcome. All right, the robots are coming. Did you know that? The robots are coming. They're coming to your house. They're coming to your doctor's office. They're coming to your car. They're coming to your favorite coffee shop. Robots are coming. Are you ready for it? I kind of am. I kind of am. And I know that, you know, it's kind of a weird thing. Um, and you're not sure, but they, you know, they are coming. And we've heard reports that they're going to take our jobs. And they're not going to take our jobs. But really, um, hopefully they'll be able to enhance the human life, right? I mean, I read a fascinating article, and I'll tweet it again uh, from Jeffy MRA. And I, I think I may have tweeted it over vacation, but I'll, I'll tweet it again today from the Brookings Institute. Um, and it's a, it's a, you know, a whole thing about, it's a long story, 20 pages. I mean, take some time to read it. It was really fascinating about how humans respond to robots and is talking about public policy through good design. And some of the, some of the things that they talk about in the story, like my favorite is when you talk about, uh, uh, how new technologies, uh, will help avoid unnecessary policy friction and help maximize human benefit. That's what they're concerned about, maximizing human benefits. And then it goes on and it goes into deep, uh, deep story about robots and how they interact with people and what happens. Uh, and then I'm trying, to, I'm trying to find exactly what it talks about here, but it talks about how robots, when they look more like humans, that's, the more, that's when they're the most scary to us. We want the most non Anthropomorphic designs. Ha! Take that, Michael Pelka. Yeah. Anthropomorphic. That's a word of the day from the Jeff Fisher Show. <laughs> yeah. Anthropomorphic. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.
Jeff Fisher. 888-900-3393 is the phone number if you'd like to participate. Pure Opelka, immediately following this broadcast on the Blaze Radio Network. You know, the weekend is action-packed. I know we have day programming and everything. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Doc Thompson, Skip Lacombe, Glenn Beck, Buck Sexton, Jay Severin, Pat and Stu. I know we have that. Monday through Friday, big deal. Saturday, you got me. You got Michael Pelka, Kane and Cub, Chris Salcedo, Mike Slater, Joe Pags. That's where you need to be, okay? Don't worry about that whole five-day-a-week workers. <laughs> you want the one-day-a-week workers. So I decided that today was going to be, you know, bad slash sad slash water cooler joke day. So I gave you two already. You can go back on the podcast at, uh, you know, theblaze.com slash radio and get them if you'd like. You can use them. Just put them in your back pocket and use them. So I'll give you two more. I'll give you a couple out of each break. You ready? A man walks into a bar with a slab of asphalt under his arm and says, a beer, please. And one for the road. Number two, two cannibals are eating a clown. One says to the other, does this taste funny to you? So yesterday, if you watched and or listened to the Glenn Beck radio program, Gino Vanelli stopped by. Gino Vanelli. And I mean, it's Gino Vanelli, right? You got to talk to Gino. So I pulled him in here. And I mean, you told a story of how you got your first radio or record deal. And I'm not sure, you know, you could actually pull that off in today's world, but it was fascinating how you got that deal. I mean, you were down and out. Well, you know what? I'll let you tell it. I mean, you were down to your last five bucks, right? I had traveled to New York for a couple of years and got pretty close to getting a career going. And I went back home, uh, started a band, and my brother Joe and I saved up about Two three thousand dollars. We built a little studio at home, made some demos, and we had a few thousand, couple thousand dollars left. Made our way to Los Angeles, and we were there for about four months. Knocked on every door possible, every door possible, and so we stayed at this little place at the time. I don't know if it's still there on Sunset Boulevard, called uh, the Orange Motel. It was five dollars a day, us and all the other (laughs) five dollar a day renters, creepy crawlies, yes, in all the other rooms, you know, but um. It was the day before New Year's Eve, which, is Dece- which was December 23rd, and my brother said, we're, we're down to our last $5. And I said, what about the money we asked Mom to send? And Mom sent the money to Hollywood, Florida by mistake. Oh. So Joe wow. said, we, got, we have an open ticket, but we need to leave tomorrow or else we're going to panhandle. I said, there's no way I'm going. I said, this is it. And he says, well, you know, I don't know what you're going to do, but he says, I'm going home. So that morning, I, I couldn't sleep very well. It was about 6 in the morning, and I decided to walk the streets of Sunset Boulevard as the sun was just rising. And to my left was this uh, beautifully carved Episcopalian church. And I said, I wonder if the doors are open. And, and lo and behold, the doors were open. And I went inside, and that beautiful echo that churches have, you know, where any note sounds great. Um, so I just right. sat down in the pews. The pews cracked a bit, and I was so tired. I hadn't slept all night. I just fell asleep. And I woke up at around 10 o'clock and uh, very clear-minded as to, in regards to exactly what I had to do. So I went back to the hotel, took the sock out of Joe's mouth, <laughs> and he said, let's go. We're go. You follow me. So I took my guitar, 
And I went to the Charlie Chaplin Studios where A&M right. was on La Brea and Sunset. And the, the guard tower, the guy named Johnny uh, was, was in the guard tower. He came down and he said, you know, you boys, you've got to know that this is personal private property. You cannot go through those gates. Understand, I said. But I said, this is right here is a sidewalk and it's free country, right? He says, yes, but don't let me catch you. <laughs> so we waited and we waited. He, he would check with us all the time. I, I kept on saying free country. Until finally, about three, four hours later. It was a different time. Well, anyway. it was, uh, yeah. <laughs> I saw Herb uh, cross the parking lot through the gates. And I, I, a little bell went off and said, now's my time. And I dropped my guitar. I said, Joe, take this. And I ran. And the guard kept on saying, son of a bitch, I knew you'd do that. And he started <laughs> oh chasing Oh, my gosh. Me. And he unholstered his gun. And I managed to reach Herb first. And uh, Herb was totally stunned and shocked. He went gray. And uh, I found out later that Lonnie Hall, his wife, had nearly been kidnapped uh, the week, the, the month before. Right. So they were on guard for any unusual happening. And uh, Your saving grace with Johnny was that he knew you weren't one of the kidnappers, really. You were just well, breaking his rules. He, I don't know well. what he knew. I, didn't, I mean, what I didn't know, what I didn't know at the time was my own danger. Right. And and uh, so Johnny finally caught up with me and started hauling me away, and I just I guess I looked like you know Lahasa Apso you know, looking at <laughs> looking at Herb and Herb said just a minute Johnny and um, and Herb said what do you want I said well can you just listen to a couple of tunes and Herb just took took a few seconds and he said okay he wrote me a little slip says come back in thirty minutes and of course Johnny was saying your mother and he said you know. He, I had outwitted Johnny in, in some ways. Oh, Later, yeah, Johnny, I became tick. good friends. Obviously, <laughs> I came back. I came back thirty minutes. Don't late. lose that slip, or you're really? not getting in. Right, punk. exactly. I I walked. Uh, um, went back to my hotel, um, and then I went back thirty minutes later. I played him a few tunes, and um, Herb just said, "Well, he says, welcome. He says you you." You got a deal here if you want it. Well, since then you have become the Gino Vanelli, <laughs> and uh, you know I'm talking to you in the Mercury Studios in Dallas, Texas, because you're playing here in Dallas uh, tonight at the Eisman yep. uh, at the Eisman Center, and you can still see if tickets are available by going to GinoV.com. Uh, since then, a lot of changes. You know, as the world changes, you know, and the music business changes. You know, as we grow up, we change. We either uh, we either apply our core understanding or we don't. We either adapt or we don't. Um, and when you make the decision to say, I will adapt, I will grow, I will learn, I, music, music mastery is about self-mastery. Um, because if you don't master a certain part of yourself, at least, you can't go on in this business. It, because it's it's ninety nine point nine percent. It can't be done, or it won't be done, or no one will let you do it. Well, I mean, obviously, you've been uh, going since uh, when you since you've run into Herb in nineteen seventy two. I was twenty years uh, old. You know, so you've given up the drugs and the alcohol <laughs> and the women, uh, and so I mean, you, you the look great. And the alcohol. Uh, you know, I, I decided to pick up more education as I went along, Jeff. I mean, and that, that, that was my, my saving grace, that uh, at 30 I went back to college. I, I, wow. I finished what I needed to finish, and I, then I, I got tremendously interested in theology, so I, I studied six years of theology. Um, I traveled the world. I didn't tour for 12 years, but I, I traveled the world 
with um, seeking out various so-called masters. That's fantastic. And had um, audiences and, and learning lessons and things, things of that sort. And um, got back to it in the early 90s and made a conscious decision that, um, that I was going to, again, broaden my field of view. And so I learned orchestration uh, for, for big bands, for, for orchestra. I recorded canto later on, which is a more of an orchestral uh, symphonic approach. I orchestrated all myself. Um, so, I mean, through all that time, I, I learned so much that it kept me, uh, all these little mountains kept me busy, kept me panting, right. and, and so interested in learning that life was going by. So when we see you live, are we going to uh, get, do we get that array of Gino Vanelli well, from you, the, you, from we're, the beginning we're to eight piece on stage, and, and you, you get a sense of, I guess, the breadth of, of my experience. Yeah. Well, of course. I mean, we can't help but get that. That's what it's all about. All right, so you've traveled the world. Yes, I have. You're in Dallas, Texas now. Big whoop. <laughs> uh, you know, it's Dallas. Uh, favorite place in the world. Don't tell me home with the wife. Oh, my God. <laughs> I got it. Okay, I got it. Um, favorite place in the world. In the world. On the globe. To, I mean, to, to play or, or to just be? No, for real. Uh, that I mean, there are so many cool places. I, I to, that's a question. I mean, um, I mean... I when I'm in a certain kind of mood, I mean Tokyo is just a blast. I mean you can find any gadget you want to oh, well, find yeah. there. And then on the other hand, uh, I, I mean I, I've been up to Banff, you know, up in Calgary, up north of Calgary, uh-huh. and uh, you want to commune with the stars. That definitely is the place. Now, I know you you were born in Montreal. Yes, I was. So uh, you're a Canadian. Are you now? My dad used to say, uh, you know, I have traveled the world. There's no place like the United States. Don't worry about that. True? Well, there is a certain sense. Uh, I think, you know, in, in many countries, they'll call themselves free. For instance, I was in Argentina a few years ago, and I, say, and I told him, I said, I asked the guy from the record company, is your sort of uh, political upheaval over? He says, yes, it's over. I said, uh, so now uh-huh. you, have, you have free press? Can people say what they want to say? He says, yes, we have free press, but it's limited free press. <laughs> so, uh, you don't have free press, right? <laughs> no, it's free as long as you're printing what we want you to print. Yeah, exactly. and you're fine. You can print anything you want as long as we like it. So there is something about the U.S. that you know you're, there is a sort of a, a, an arch, you know, or a, a, some, some sort of glass ceiling of protection that, that you do. May, maybe it's a mistake to feel that way, but, but you do feel that yeah. way as an artist especially. Yeah. Okay, so best place to play. I'll, I'll, I'll play your game. Best place to play in the world. It's Dallas, Texas, Jeff, at the Eisman <laughs> Center. <laughs> now, it, I have to say the Baltic countries are, are uh, the, 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 the amount of um, starvation and voraciousness they have for music just, you know, let, lets even the most mediocre musician, you know, gives them incredible flattery. And right. Well, you were just over there not long ago, I right? Was. I just I just played Latvia, and uh, I played last uh, two years ago, three years ago, uh, Estonia and Lithuania, and uh, they're... Fledgling nations that are just experiencing freedom, and so therefore their appreciation of things that are free, people that love freedom, uh, is, is is astronomical. They 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 have not yet grown cynical. Right. So, the music business, in particular, as well as you know many other businesses, including this one, has changed so much uh, since uh, well we <laughs> we got into them. Um, are you happy with it? Do you like to see it go in a more Ecstatic. direction? You're right. Ecstatic about it. 
First of all, in 1983 uh, to 86, when my brother Joe and I were experimenting in the studio, uh, we said, we looked at each other, we said, someday we're going to be able to make music in a box. And someday it's all going to be there right at our fingertips. Right. We're going to be like pilots, just, just operating this, this thing that's going to give us what we want to get. And we kept on scratching our heads, but how is that possible? I mean, to actually sit down and orchestrate something or create a rhythm section or create this. Just out of a box. Out of a box. And technologies just started happening, started happening. It happened fast, too. Yeah, and, and that's the thing that really pleases me because when I go to the studio, sometimes I, I don't have any particular deadline. I'm not touring for a month or two. And I just go to the studio and I just experiment. I, I look online, see well, who's got some new cool software. I download it and I come up with material songs and feels just by this because of tr uh, you know fooling with this new sound and and for me all this new technology is totally second nature i i don't I have it. to you know recalibrate my brain for it or anything like that cuz i as far as i'm concerned i've been doing it since since the mid 80s and old school is good too i love to get together with the band and do you know arrangements and sit down with the, everybody and just go for it on the, on the instruments right so old and both old and new are fantastic <laughs> But it's good that we're not that you're not afraid of it. There's it seems to me, just looking around, that a number of um bands and performers that have uh, been around throughout uh, heading into the new age have really bulked at it. And just you know uh, Well they haven't befriended it. And I'm telling you, it's it's a fantastic thing. I just finished this new cut and I, I orchestrated a full orchestra and sometimes I'll bring in some live musicians to you know, create a little bit more of an illusion and all that. But it's amazing what you can do. I mean, all the movies you're seeing right now, Jeff, I mean, most of it is just done in boxes. Right. Now, it doesn't negate the fact that you have to be a real orchestrator and a real composer and, and a real arranger, you know, to be able to do it. Because I always tell this to my students when I give some master classes. Every time you plug in and you get that, that, that oboe sound or that flute or that bass, think of it as a $600 session if you really need that guy. And therefore, you're going to be a lot more judicious and prudent about your arrangements. Right. So there's where the old school thinking applies to new school technology. All right, we're talking to uh, Gino Vanelli. Yes, that's right, the Gino Vanelli. Uh, you're playing in Dallas tonight, uh, Eisman Center. Uh, GinoV.com is the website. Um, one thing, I know you got to get out of here, so I'll, I'll, I'll get you out of here. It's early, and you've been you haven't even been to bed yet, and you got to go to you have the show to do tonight. Um, one thing you'd like to have your fans remember about Gino Vanelli. Well, <laughs> should I say, and why not? <laughs> <laughs> what would you like on your gravestone? Uh, you know, if, if anybody gets uh, just a little bit of a you know, zip in their life and finds a little more joy and uh, finds a little more meaning and maybe just uh, an extra smile, that's good enough for me. This is The Jeff Fisher Show On the Blaze Radio Network This is The Jeff Fisher Show 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Thanks to Mr. Gino Vanelli for stopping by. It is bad joke day. You know, sad joke day. You know, the joke you can tell around the water cooler. You put it in your back pocket. You save it for the kids when you need it. So I'm going to give you another one here for you. 
two cows are standing next to each other in the field. Daisy says to Dolly, I was artificially inseminated this morning. I don't believe you, says Dolly. It's true. No bull. Michael Palka, his broadcast of actual <laughs> on the Blaze Radio Network coming up immediately following this broadcast, but we have one more strong hour to go on the Jeff Fisher Show here on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you so much for being here. You, of course, can always download the podcast at theblaze.com slash radio. Is the Jeff Fisher Show only on the Blaze Radio Network? The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello. How are you? Welcome to it. If you'd like to participate while the show is live, you can dial 1-888-900-3393. If you're listening to the podcast... Well, theblaze.com slash radio. You can dial the number. Somebody might pick up, but you're not going to be able to talk to me. Welcome to it. Uh, just a reminder. I don't know why it, it's just something I like to remind you. But tomorrow, today is 159, but tomorrow marks the milestone of day 160 of Sergeant Tamarisi in a Mexican jail for making a wrong turn. Write your letters. Do whatever you can. Agonizing that he is still in jail down there. Agonizing. And we've had dinners. The Mexican president's been in the U.S. for dinners, saying how great it is. The governor of California says, hey, Brangham, come on. Everything's fine. We love him. So, no problem. We'll let your legal system work it out. Yeah. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. High school. College, NFL, football is back. It does feel good. 
it does feel good to have football back. I know some of you don't like it. I mean, you know, I got it. But it's football. And plus, you got more on trivia back, too, on the Glenn Beck program. So, I mean, what more do you want? I believe uh, if we go into, if we, you know what, let's do, we do Twitter Blast. I've got all kinds of, i got all kinds of stories for you during, uh, during Twitter Blast. We'll start with the first Twitter Blast. Thank God Moron Trivia is back. <laughs> yeah, thank God Moron Trivia is back. Okay. Twitter Blast. New England Liberal Arts College only going to allow positive cheering at games. Thinks their fans have no self-control. Isn't that special? Only positive cheering. According to an email, coaches asked that fans refrain from any action that could potentially be construed as negative or confrontational, including booing and holding up signs that could be interpreted as offensive in nature. Well, really, that's been going on for a while, even in the NFL. I mean, they can kick you out of a game, and have, uh, if you are too abusive uh, to the referees specifically and to players, coaches, uh, if you're close uh, to the sideline and you, you know, you're a bum. They do not like that in the NFL. And they can find you, kick you out of the stadium, whatever. Very, very, very sad. David Lee Travis was a sexual opportunist here on Twitter Blast. Now, they're retrying this guy. And the only reason this story is interesting is because he's a former radio DJ. Uh, he's being he's being retried on two counts, one of indecent assault and one of sexual assault. Faces a further charge of indecent assault. Those damn DJs. Man. Woo. Those guys. Those guys are bad. Bad, bad, bad. Twitter blast on the Jeff Fisher Show. Thank you. You know, uh, let's, let's do a little bit of Michael Sam. Uh, the people are very upset. Uh, they think it's ridiculous that he got a little courtesy from the NFL, uh, calling teams to see, put him on the practice squad. And, of course, the Dallas Cowboys, my hometown, pick him up for the practice squad. Good for Michael. He deserves it. He should have been on a practice squad. Uh, I'm surprised that St. Louis didn't put him on the practice squad. Um, I'm sure that they may have been a little tired of the circus that surrounds Michael Sam. That's not Michael's fault, really. Uh, but, uh, you know, I get it. You know, does do people get that? You know, no. Uh, has anyone in the past got that? I don't know. I don't know. Did the NFL, you know, they may have uh, they may have done that for, uh, you know, who knows? Who knows if they did it or not? But, of course, it, the news is out that they did it for Michael. So prove them right, Michael. Prove the NFL right. All right? Just do a good job. You can do it. And believe me, Dallas needs you. Uh, this from a Twitter blast on the Jeff Fisher Show. Your carb count is really low when you don't eat all day but then because you haven't eaten you eat a lot of carbs and you suck but that's almost like a bad joke uh reuters news uh afghanistan uh, rerouted uh a plane uh, yeah a u.s plane uh rerouted to a land in iran and the thing that fascinates me most about this entire story they don't tell you why it was rerouted to land in iran it's just a bureaucratic 
issue. Huh. Okay. All right. I got you. I got you. More from Twitter Blast. The IRS, we talked a little bit about it last hour, says, hey, guess what? We lost more emails from five more employees. Oh, only we could find those emails. Um, Man, we would get them out there so people could see them right away. Only we could get those out there. We could find them. More from Twitter Blast. Romania sells vodka packaged in a juice box. Makes you like Romania a little bit better, doesn't it? Pentagon confirms that Ahmed Abdai Gadain, a leader of the Al-Shabaab Islamist group, killed in a U.S. airstrike. The leader of the... No, I was going to do another bad joke. Never mind. Al-Shabaab, shish kebab. Never mind. I can't do this. Very sad news. Actually, you know, this is kind of agonizing news if it's true. Uh, the U.S. Forest Service, and they're trying to blame it on the Obama administration, and I know it's a stretch. It's kind of a stretch to blame it on the Obama administration, but you know what? I don't care. I'm going to blame it on him anyway because he blames everybody. You know, I get it. But the U.S. Forest Service, now this reporting from Fox News, uh, claims it wants Americans to make healthier s'mores by replacing the chocolate with fruit. Uh, no. How about that, U.S. Forest Service? Uh, no, I'm not going to do that. Not going to do that. Twitter Blast Ron Washington from the Texas Rangers just quits. Now, he's had a tough season, no question. If you follow baseball at all, the Rangers are sucking big wind. Uh, you can quote me on that. And But the only reason he really kept his job and hadn't been fired yet is because they, uh, you know, they had a lot of injuries. So, Ron, you know, he's, you know, he's taken them, uh, had a good ride for the last few years. And they, I know it was, it's been six or seven years or something since he tested positive for cocaine. So let him be. Uh, but uh, he just said, you know what? I got personal issues. I'm quitting. You don't see that much. And everybody's kind of on his side. So I hope everything's okay, Ron. I hope everything is okay. A hacker behind the iCloud nude photos. It took months of plannings to pull off this heist. Months of plannings to pull off this heist. He, uh, this was not. A one-night operation. So those nude photos of Jennifer Lawrence and Ariana Grande and a few others was not a one-night operation. News out of St. Petersburg, Florida. An artist about to open an exhibit in the St. Petersburg area uh, with the racy photographs uh, based out of Los Angeles uh, is going to display some of those uh, leaked nude images. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Artist Exvala taking some of the leaked nude photos for his show called No Delete. The Coriolan Contemporary Art will be displaying the pictures starting uh, at the end of October. The showroom is in the Warehouse Arts District. Okay, I just want to be clear. I lived in St. Petersburg for 20 years. For a long time. I lived technically in St. I lived technically in St. Petersburg for probably five, six, seven years, and in the Tampa Bay area for 20 or more. I couldn't tell you where the Warehouse Arts District is. I will find out, though. It's very... Very strange to me that they now have a warehouse arts district. I mean, I know where the arts district is in Tampa. 
<laughs> That's a different art district, but maybe not. Maybe not. But he's going to put those up for everybody to, to look at. And he'll probably draw a crowd. Ex vala. But people are a little ticked, so we'll see if that actually happens. If they were originally stolen, they're stolen. Somebody stole photos from my house and then they made copies. That doesn't make it any less stolen. It just compounds the problem, does it? Does it? Okay. Okay. And Twitter Blast for two of my favorite little things. One uh, for my wife, uh, my youngest son. She posted a, a photo. I, I tweeted at Jeffy MRA. You can tweet me at any time. But he is now uh, taller than my wife, so it made him very, very happy. But really, I mean, let's be honest. If you know my wife, it's really not saying much. And to make her really happy, Lego, Lego takes the toy sales crown from Mattel. For people who do not like Legos, and I don't know who those people are. They must be really weird. Lego now on top of the toy sales from Mattel. You're listening to The Jeff Fisher Show. The Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show returns on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to it. Pure Opelka coming up immediately following this broadcast. And Will Kane, SC Cup, Chris Salcedo, Mike Slater, Joe Pags. That's your Saturday lineup for you on the Blaze Radio Network. And then Sunday, little David Barton, Bill Handel. Just stay with the Blaze Radio Network. That's all you need to do. Very simple. That's very simple. It's not a difficult task at all. Now, I decided earlier this week, and it may have been a bad decision, but I'm sticking with it because it's making me laugh, that today is a bad joke day. And you can take them with you. You put them in your back pocket. You save them. You use them. You know, you got them there. It's always good to pull them out once in a while, right? Of course. Of course it is. You can quote me on that, too. So I've given you some. You can go back to the podcast at the Blaze dot com slash radio and download the show and take the jokes with you if you don't remember them you can tell them to your kids you tell them to your family i'm giving you a nice clean jokes here but you know it's always good to have them around the water cooler when you think oh like do you ever have deja vu the feeling that you've heard this bull before Then a man woke up in the hospital after a serious accident. He shouted, doctor, doctor, I can't feel my legs. The doctor replied, I know you can. I've cut off your arm. Speaking of bad jokes, Joan Rivers passed away this week. Uh, you know, very sad. I know a lot of people had an issue with Joan, but she was funny. I liked her. She was funny. I mean, I didn't want to see her die. And she was, you know, kind of on fire this last, you know, this last year. She had her book. She was had all these TV shows the last few years. She's done the walk. Uh, she was actually made fun of herself with the, with the, uh, the work. We'll call it. At some point, doesn't a plastic surgeon say Joan? 
But I guess not. They all want to make money. They all want to make money. But she joked around about dying, which, you know, every, all the comedians do. But I love, she said, uh, you know, she has no intention of coughing and wheezing for months on end. She joked that she didn't want to have a boring death. If you're going to die, die interesting. Is there anything worse than a boring death? You know, other than a Charlie Rose marathon on PBS. That's kind of funny. Come on. That's funny. Bad joke. Bad joke day. Bad joke day on the Jeff Fisher Show. One of my favorite stories. I'm not sure what to make of this story, actually. But it's out of Albuquerque, New Mexico. A woman arrested for trying to poison her roommate and ex-boyfriend after they caught her having sex with the roommate's dog. You heard me. Arrested for trying to poison her roommate and an ex-boyfriend after they caught her having sex with the roommate's dogs. Now, what I find fascinating about this story is that She still was having dinner with them. They found out. Uh, here's the story. Okay, the roommate told Walter's boyfriend, who immediately broke up with the woman, an officer an, uh, who immediately broke up with the woman. But he broke up with her. But they didn't leave or break apart because it says here the three were having dinner later that evening. I'm going to break up with you, but you can still live here and live with us. That's okay. Just stay away from my dogs. So the three were later having dinner. And the roommate and the ex-boyfriend noticed an odd taste to their water and meal. She told her boyfriend that she'd been having sex with the dogs for years. uh, And she admitted at the time, at the evening dinner, that she was lacing their food with drink, food and drink, with toilet bowl cleaner and rubbing alcohol. Okay. Okay. Okay, so everything was okay until they caught her having sex with the dog. But then she, since she was caught, she said, you know what? (laughs) I'm going to poison you two. I'm not going to poison the dogs. But I'm going to poison you two for sure. Now... She, of course, is going under psychiatric evaluation. and You know, the dog was found to have minor injuries. Everybody's worried about the dog. Sad, I got it. And she'll have charges of animal cruelty, assault with intent to commit violent felony, probably, you know, attempted murder, all that kind of good stuff. But it's just, well, some would say the world is out of control. And this is a perfect example of it. A perfect example of it. I just found it fascinating that, there's an issue. You're living, three people are living together, and there's an issue, which is quite a big issue, actually, in this story. And instead of saying, get out, instead of calling the authorities or taking her to the hospital for a psychiatric evaluation, I mean, the littlest of thing would be, get out, right? That'd be the littlest thing. Just get out. Get out. No. You know what? You're not my girlfriend anymore. That's it. You're not my girlfriend anymore, but let's have dinner. 
stick around and hang out. I got to take a nap. I'm going to lay down. We'll have dinner later, okay? And that's when she decides those dirty rats, I'm going to poison them and that's going to be it. I'm not going to have them around anymore. That's it. Huh? Are you kidding me? Unbelievable. Well, more of the Jeff Fisher Show coming up on the Blaze Radio Network. We've got a lot, a lot to get to. And, you know, I think we're going to talk just a little bit about some of the new parties that are going on around America. Could be a lot of fun. The Jeff Fisher Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. How are you? Thanks for being here today on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka. Let's see where this mic stand. I know you don't care, but it's just driving me crazy. I'm going to have to figure out a way to make this so it doesn't. Listen. Oh, no, oh, i got to fix that. Must fix that. Welcome to the broadcast. <sighs> Michael Pelko, Puro Pelko, immediately following this broadcast, and I am sure he's really happy about it today. Because it's bad joke day, right? You gonna take him with you? I don't know if he has any as good as mine to share with you. I doubt it. But yeah. He could try someday. So I'll give you a couple more. I've been giving them to you all day. All through the show. You can go back to the podcast. TheBlaze.com slash radio. Download the show. Take the bad jokes with you. You can use them at the water cooler. Use them with the kids. It's fine. So, two fish swim into a concrete wall. One turns to the other and says, damn. No, 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 no. Come on. Come on. Two Eskimos sitting in a kayak. We're chilly, so they lit a fire in the craft. Unsurprisingly, it sank, proving once again that you can't have your kayak and heat it, too. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm oh, sorry. Just making me laugh. Just making me laugh. I do, you know, I do it all just for me, just to make me laugh. It's all. I'm sorry. You know, you know you're laughing. Just stop it. You know you're laughing. So have you heard that really, seriously, naked parties? Now, A, I, we see that, uh, you know, people are getting their uh, their naked photos uh, hacked from the iCloud. Uh, we all had a big deal about the selfies, uh, right? I mean, uh, uh, our girl is... Promoting a selfie book. I mean, we've all got selfies. It was a big, it's, it's huge. People doing it, right? I mean, you take selfies everywhere. I got to take a selfie. You have to. And I, I, you know, sadly, I'm in that selfie, you know, mode with the kids and you're here. And oh, here we are here. And it's just, you know, it's fun. Now, I will say 
on a serious note, very few naked photos have been tweeted. <laughs> have been saved to my iCloud. Very few have been saved to my iCloud. But, you know, it's so funny. Uh, this tweet from uh, from uh, the Steve 42 uh, Hackers uh, can find naked pictures of celebrities, but IRS keeps losing email. Hello. Thank you. Uh, you tell me that uh, the IRS can't find them? Right. These people... And by these people, I'm talking about this administration, the entire administration, criminals, criminals. And this, I mean, it's just unbelievable. Hey, man, we would love to help you, but uh, we can't find it. Yeah, you try that with the IRS. Unbelievable. So naked is the new black. Nude events are trending. Would you go to a naked party or would you, if you were invited to a party and you went and you got there and you realized, Ooh, why is everyone naked? Would you stay? <laughs> would you go? All right. I don't know about that. I don't think you would, but something to look forward to in a local neighborhood near you soon. Naked parties. Can't wait. Really, I can't wait. I know uh, Michael Pelka is going to be talking a little Ebola with the doc uh, next hour on his show. But, uh, you know, drug and vaccine makers are in a race uh, to make the uh, Ebola antivirus. Uh, drug manufacturers are spending more and more money on it. They're, uh, we're saying that, uh, is it airborne? Nah. Are you going to catch it? Nah. Is it just in Africa? Yeah, yeah, kind of. It's fine. So you can hear more about that on his show next hour. But, I, you know, I don't know if I should be worried or not. I want to. I, I kind of don't want to be. But on the other hand, I'm like, uh, it's kind of like ISIS. ISIL is. And america on the border coming here it's like uh, you know i kind of want to be scared i kind of want to be worried i kind of want to buy some more ammunition i kind of want to load weapons that i don't own and would never own a weapon uh but then i'm like uh, come on i really really you're gonna try to come in on the ground like that uh you know big big terrorist act i see Coming to, as they're coming across Iraq, are they going to try the same thing here? Uh, this isn't Iraq. This is not Iraq. I mean, what the, I mean, this is the United States of America. Sorry, you're just not going to do that with us. You're not. You're not going to do it with us. Sorry. You can keep, you can pretend, but you're not going to do it with you. And then we hear, so I'm on vacation. And I'm thinking to myself, we actually were driving around. We drove, we went into Oklahoma, and then we went into Arkansas. We (laughs) went into Arkansas and mined for diamonds. There's a diamond mine in Arkansas. Who knew? And uh, we mined for diamonds. I know it's a surprise, but we didn't find any. Uh, But as we're driving around this area in Arkansas, we come up on this beautiful place. There's a there's a a little lake and a dam and swimming and parks and it's beautiful. And the cell service is like non-existent. And I'm thinking they've got this beautiful, I mean, they've got this dam here. We're out in the middle. Why, why is there not cell towers everywhere? 
everywhere, everywhere like such as there should be cell towers. And I mean everywhere. School property, public dams, all of it. Everywhere. Top of top. Every government building in America should have a cell tower on the back of it. With no questions. We need cell service. We need cell service. Now, then this week, we hear about the fake cell towers. And I start thinking, well, maybe I need to rethink my my fight for cell towers. But we talked to the man who creates uh, uh, the, the, the phone that can't be hacked uh, on, uh, on the radio program, on the Glenn Beck program. And he told us that they're not really cell towers. They're more of uh, just computers hacking into the cell service. So it kind of it's not these giant cell towers like you think. Like you th- <laughs> Originally, the way the story was read, you're thinking that there's these giant cell towers uh, just that don't really uh, do anything but steal stuff. They're not really affiliated with any company at all. They're just a tower put up there, and they're stealing information. Well, that's not really true. Uh, but, you know, it is an issue and, you know, something that we need to th- we need to really consider, concern ourselves with. However, I think it's probably, if you look at the map, and I'll, I'll tweet it out again at Jeffy MRA. Um, if you look at the map, none of the places they found that had the illegal cell stealers were in Washington, D.C. Huh. It's just a thought. Just a thought. <laughs> just a thought. Now... Also, I have been flying. The last couple of years, I've flown quite more than I've flown in quite a while. But if you fly domestically uh, on any airline, you notice that the seats, some of them are a little bit smaller than usual. And they've told you that they're going to get smaller because they want more people on those airplanes. And uh, there's a couple places that you can sit that will give you a little bit more leg room. Eh, okay, you know, the emergency exit. Stuff like that. Or, you know, you can fly business or first class in, in some of those airlines as well. Uh, however, imaginative people have come up with this little thing. And you stick it into the chair in front of you so the people can't lean back. They won't lean back. Now, I'm kind of okay with it. Uh, apparently, there's people that aren't okay with it. They've been fighting on airlines over this big time. People have fought. They can't. It's been. I didn't know. Some airlines have made it. You can't even bring it. You're not even supposed to have it. You can't use it. Take it out. Uh, I would say, you know, if you're, I would do it and then hope you didn't get caught. What are they going to kick you off? What are they going to do? Kick you off? I don't think so. I don't think so. Oh wait, they did already. (laughs) Never mind. Those damn airlines. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Welcome to it. Bad joke day. Don't forget, uh, today, 159. Tomorrow, that means tomorrow, plus one. 160. Sergeant Tamarisi still in the Mexican jail. Do your thing. Call, write, I don't, you know, I don't know what all. We just have to keep 
hammering it because it is sickening that this man is still in a Mexican jail as an American soldier who makes a wrong turn. Sickening. Now, on to the broadcast. Bad joke day. You can take them with you. I gave you, I've been giving it to you all broadcast, all show. You can take them with you. Go back, listen to the podcast, blaze.com slash radio. Download the Jeff Fisher show, and then you can take the jokes. You can save them. You'll know them. I may even tweet them out at Jeffy MRA because people are sharing bad jokes now with me on my Twitter account. Like two men walk into a bar. You'd think one of them would have seen it. You know, stuff like that. Those are good. Those are that's good stuff to have in your back pocket. I mean, speaking of two men walking into the bar, you've got, you know, two peanuts walk into a bar. One was assaulted. And the last one. Yes, the last bad joke of the day. Mahatma Gandhi, as you know, walked barefoot most of the time, which produced an impressive set of calluses on his feet. He also ate very little, which made him rather frail, and with his odd diet, he suffered from bad breath. This made him <clears throat> a super calloused, fragile mystic hexed by halitosis. Oh, no. No, I don't want the crickets. That, that's funny stuff. No, you turn those crickets off. This is the Jeff Fisher program on the Blaze Radio Network. Um, so what? I don't hawk your show enough during this broadcast. You have to call it, too. Michael Pelka joins me on the broadcast. I was calling to say thank you on two levels. <laughs> Number one, thank you for hawking my show, as you put it. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate it. And um, while I have enjoyed Bad Joke Day, uh, I will not be poaching it. What, are you, what want... are you talking about? Poaching I, it? You I'm, can use them any time. I'll use the jokes, but I won't be poaching the idea to <laughs> see my show with it. I. I think it would be gilding the lily, as it were. Really? Really? Yes, yes. Uh, but I would like to, can I contribute? Oh, oh, my. Of course. One of the worst bad jokes I have ever heard came from a very unlikely source, uh, one RuPaul. <laughs> and, you know, strap yourselves in, folks. Jeffy, yes. what does a gay horse eat? <laughs> I don't know, Mike. What does a gay horse eat? Hey. You don't play the crickets for him? <laughs> you play the cr- Seriously, you don't let the crickets fly for him. Oh, thank you. Thank a you. Su- super callous, fragile, mystic, hex Hel- by halitosis. Hel- <laughs> well done, sir. Well done. <laughs> See you, Mike. Hey, wait, wait, wait! No, 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 no! I want to know. I want to know a little bit of Ebola. Seriously, I want to talk serious now. Serious business. Uh, The doctor, yeah, Doctor Jorge, who was on, uh, he was on Fox last night on today earlier in the week. He is, uh, he's reporting that the numbers we're hearing about the Ebola virus in Africa are way off. Like, like too low. Like way off. (laughs) <laughs> so uh you want to hear what he's up to because oh. this guy's wired into the network so it's uh it, it i won't sleep tonight but i will get him on as often as i can okay but dr dr jorge in the first half hour of the show if i can track him down great 
Thank you very much, Mike. Thank Appreciate you, sir. That, you know, that doesn't bode well. That, that doesn't bode well at all. It's going to make me going to make me very, very nervous because <laughs> I'm telling you, I don't want to be worried about it. We have enough to worry about. My gosh. It's, it's almost like the world is on fire. Oh, wait, it is. And we're worried about we've got our Secretary of State out and our EPA head and our president and every other dingleberry in this administration out hawking some global warming crap. And then I and then and then we got to hear about everything else that's going on. But don't worry about that because it's global warming. We got open borders, open borders, except for other countries. Other countries, uh, it's important for them to have their own borders. That's important, right? Right, except for ours. And we're worried about we're going to try to make it so co- companies can't leave this country because our tax rates are too high. Here's an idea: lower the tax rates. I know that's I'm just being stupid. Sorry. All right, calm down. Have a nice weekend. Have a nice week. Join me here next week or just join me at theblaze.com slash radio. Download the podcast. Take me with you along with the jokes. And I'll tell you what. Has anybody told you that you look great today? Because you do. You look great. Except uh, you're not going to wear that all day, are you? All right, then. <laughs> Looks good on you. Talk to you again soon. Be safe. This is the Jeff Fisher Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network.